Hi, you're listening to A Brit Difficult with August. A Brit Difficult is a podcast aimed at intermediate learners of English, and we focus particularly on British English. We're here to bring you new phrases, new vocabulary, explanations of grammar, and a chance to hear many different voices from all around the UK, both learners and native speakers. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of A Brick Difficult. As promised, I'm back with another episode. Today we're going to do something a little bit more cultural. We're going to talk about transport in the UK. So I'm going to talk briefly about um, sort of transport on the road, so cars and bicycles. Then we're going to look at public transport, so trains, trams, uh, the underground or subway, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to road travel, um, lots of people do drive in the UK. Probably the only big difference if you're coming from a country uh, basically that is not the UK or Cyprus or Japan, I can't think of any more examples off the top of my head, but um, most people drive on the opposite side of the road to people here in the UK. So that is probably the weirdest thing. Um, But lots of motorways here, lots of people driving, lots of traffic on very popular routes. Um, So that's something that's probably uh, very similar to to anybody who has experienced driving in another country. Things like electronic vehicles are becoming more popular here, but there are still lots of diesel and petrol uh, cars here as well. And there's really not much to say about cars. Uh, One thing I will mention is uh, car sharing apps are quite popular in, definitely in Western Europe, but perhaps in other countries as well. And that is really not a popular thing in the UK. So I'm thinking about services like BlaBlaCar that you can jump on the app, look for somebody who's driving to a place and to share the, share the car with them to save on money, save on petrol, help the environment. Those services are not popular in the UK at all. Uh, I don't even think there is a service currently being used in the UK for these kind of things. Uh, very hard to find those. Moving on to um, bicycles. So lots of people do cycle in the UK. Um, Your experience of cycling will vary depending on which city you are in, uh, in which country you're in in the UK. In some cities, the uh, bicycle lane network is very well put together and you'll be very safe. Um, In some places, the bicycle lanes are not as well put together and you'll be cycling alongside traffic, sometimes with very impatient drivers. And it can be a little bit dangerous sometimes, especially in bigger cities. But we are seeing a bit of a shift towards trying to improve that. And one of the things that we've seen is an increase in being able to borrow bikes. So one of the most popular programs that you may have heard of is the Boris bikes, which were down in London. Um, So those were just bikes that the public could borrow. Um, Usually you do this through an app of some kind. You scan a code. Um, you borrow the bike and then depending how long you borrow the bike for depends on how much money that you pay for the the service Um, you're supposed to return the bike to a safe place um, and that has been quite a popular way of getting around big cities and more and more cities are introducing that either through the local government or other schemes 
Um, so we are seeing that that's becoming more available. So if you are looking to cycle, obviously remember that we're probably going the opposite way than you're used to. And also make sure you are staying safe. Um, wearing a helmet and that kind of thing is definitely recommended um, for you to cycle on the road because it can be a little bit dangerous. So let's get into public transport. Lots of different public transport in the UK. I'm going to start with trains. One of the things that is maybe a bit unusual for people is uh, the trains are not publicly owned in the UK. So I'm thinking about countries like Spain where Renfe is the like main train operator and they kind of rent all the trains. In the UK, there are so many train operators up and down the country, up and down other parts of the UK as well. Just a few off the top of my head are TransPennine Express, Avanti West Coast, Mersey Rail, Transport for Wales, Scott Rail, uh, Southwest Rail, uh, I think they're called down in, in, uh, in the south of England. Um, just so many services um, and all privately owned. Um, I'm going to be honest, my experience of using trains uh, for this whole time has been uh, not great. <laughs> Trains are often late, trains are often cancelled. Um, the Probably the most annoying thing is if it's a busy route, so maybe a commuter train or something, often the train that turns up is not big enough to carry enough people. So um, the different parts of the train are called carriages and each carriage um, should hold a certain amount of people. And for a commuter train, you'd hope that it would be maybe six carriages or more to hold lots of people. But often two or three carriages will turn up (laughs) on the train and that's going to make it very crowded and very stressful at peak kind of travel time. So in the morning when people are going to work and in the evening when people are coming home. Depends where you are. I'm going off my experience, but I would say that train travel is not always reliable but is a very comfortable way to travel. It is a pretty expensive way to travel especially compared to other countries in Europe Um, but there are ways to get cheaper tickets if you book in advance or if you have a rail card. So a rail card is a card that you can get based on different conditions that would give you a discount on the price of the ticket. So that's all about trains. How about buses? So one of the most important things I want to mention about buses is sort of bus use etiquette. Uh, And this is a, um, this is something that differs greatly between the north and the south of England. Um, And I think that people in Scotland kind of behave like people in the north of England. I'm not too sure about Wales and Ireland, uh, so I don't want to make any uh, guesses about the culture. But certainly in England, in the north of England, when you get on the bus, you uh, ask for the place that you're going to, you buy a ticket or you tap your card on the reader to pay for a ticket and you usually thank the bus driver after buying the ticket. You also usually say thank you when you get off the bus as well. And I should say that buses in the in most places in the UK, they do only have one door. So you get on at the front and you get off at the front. The only place this is usually different is in London, where there's a front and a back door to get on and get off. Um, But usually the front door is used for getting on and getting off. And 
definitely in the north of England, certainly in parts of Scotland that I visited as well, people usually thank the bus driver while they get on and when they get off. So that's just a strange cultural thing that we do. Usually people don't say anything to the driver uh, when they get off. Um, I think the only other place I've seen it on my travels so far is Canada, um, but there are people who are known for being very friendly, right? So perhaps that's why. Buses are, um, again, privately owned. So there are so many companies in the UK uh, that own buses. Um, all of the buses are numbered. So each route has a number. Uh, you can find the timetables at bus stops, also online or on apps that you can download. Um, depends on the day, depends on the traffic, depends on the city. But I would say that buses, for the most part, are pretty regular and pretty reliable. Um, the only thing is that they don't run 24 hours. Um, so if you are trying to get back from somewhere pretty late, um, you want to be getting on the bus before midnight or something, or if it's a weekend, you can usually get a later bus. Um, but there is some restrictions about how you can travel uh, by bus, just because there's usually a small gap between the last bus and the first bus of the day, so you might end up stranded somewhere. Things like uh, countryside or rural places will have less bus services, uh, but I think that that's something that's pretty common in most countries, so that's just another point to mention. So let's talk about the underground, or what is sometimes called the subway. So this is a kind of train that runs underground, the most famous of course being the London Underground, which is a huge network of underground trains that sometimes go overground, confusingly, um, that cover uh, a very large portion of London, particularly around the central uh, part of the city. Uh, in London there are several lines that you can get on to get to different locations in London. Um, it's pretty reliable, it's pretty fast, it's always busy, <laughs> um, but there are so many uh, trains every single day. Even if you miss one, there's usually one a couple of minutes behind it, which I always found really um, impressive. But when you're traveling at peak time, so commuting times, uh, it is extremely, extremely busy. Um, even with the regular trains, you will find that it's extremely busy uh, at those hours. There are actually other cities in the UK that do have underground services. Uh, the main one is Glasgow, which has a subway or an underground. It's actually just uh, a circular loop, so it only goes in a circle around a small number of stations, mostly covering, again, the central part of the city, um, but it does exist. Um, there is also an underground service in Liverpool, but it's more tied to the railway station, so it's not one that people really talk about very often. Uh, and I believe there is one um, sort of around the Newcastle uh, and Tyne area as well. Um, but again, most people probably don't know about it unless they've been to uh, that part of the UK. But the most well-known are definitely in London and in Glasgow. Um, as far as I know, no other cities in the UK currently have an underground service. It probably goes without saying, but when you're on an underground service, you don't have service on your phone, so you're not able to make phone calls or connect to the internet usually. Uh, so that's something to bear in mind, especially if you're trying to find your way, if you're looking for a map or, or something like that. 
Um, but it is an interesting way to travel. Um, I think I find it kind of fascinating just because there isn't an underground service in the city where I live. Um, but it's essentially just a type of train that goes underground. In terms of trains uh, that go overground, what we do have in many cities are trams. And there are trams in my city. Um, so these are very similar to the trains that go underground, but they go overground, they travel on rails, uh, and they usually pass through cent- uh, cities, uh, the centre of cities, essentially. Um, these are usually not super fast services. Um, they kind of fall somewhere between a train and a bus, I would say. They're usually slowed down by the fact that they um, uh, need to wait for traffic that uh, that comes along the roads that cuts across the rail tracks that they travel on. Um, and the fact that they are sometimes going through residential areas and things like that, so they don't travel at very fast speeds. However, some tram networks do expand quite widely outside of a city. So in Manchester, for example, um, the tram services start in the city centre, but go all the way out as far as places like Rochdale, which are well over an hour away, um, but you can reach them by tram. These services are a little bit expensive, but not quite as expensive as a train. Um, they're pretty reliable, uh, depends on the city where you are as, as how often the tram actually comes, um, but there tends to be a pretty regular service and those will probably run the whole day, but again, like buses and like trains, there's usually a gap between the last one and the day and the first one the next day, so make plans if you are going to be travelling or out at night. The final mode of transport to mention, just really briefly, is ferries. So ferries are essentially a type of boat. Um, There's two different situations where you might come across these. One of them is when you're trying to reach remote islands in the UK. So uh, I always think about remote islands in Scotland, uh, where ferry services are part and parcel of everyday life. Sometimes people need to regularly take these ferry services to go to the mainland to get supplies or maybe even to go to school. Uh, It really depends. But then we do have ferries that help us move around the countries in the UK. So the main service would be uh, between Liverpool and Ireland, for example. There is a ferry that goes there. Um, So uh, that would go to actually the the Republic of Ireland. Uh, So we're actually going to another country, uh, as I mentioned. in the politics episode, I believe, uh, remember that the Republic of Ireland is its own country, uh, but Northern Ireland is part of the UK. A very important detail to remember. So you're not going to be riding ferries very often, probably, but they are another mode of transport that does exist. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, I'd love to know what your favourite mode of transport is. How does it change? Uh, how does it differ? Sorry, from uh, transport in your country. Uh, is there anything that surprised you about transport in the UK? Um, definitely, uh, looking at it from the other side, um, living in Japan briefly, I was quite surprised when I was riding the trains and stuff. The that people are always very quiet when traveling, 
Um, you're, you're not supposed to take a phone call. You're not supposed to eat. You're not supposed to chat with your friends. You're supposed to be very quiet and polite to your fellow passengers. Whereas in the UK, um, traveling on the train can be quite a experience because people are usually talking very loudly, eating, drinking, even drinking alcohol, um, sometimes shouting and singing if it's quite late or if there's some kind of event. So it can feel very different coming from the opposite side if you're used to a place where public transport is quite a quiet or um, kind of... Uh, restricted place when when traveling so that's just a thought that I had so that's all I wanted to say about transport in the UK my final thing I wanted to share with you is as I mentioned yesterday I have started an Instagram for you to follow so I hope that this will make it easier for people to connect and contact me and give any suggestions or feedback about the podcast I have uh, put the Instagram account in the show notes Uh, So you can see this when listening to the podcast, but I'll mention it here. The handle is at a Brit difficult podcast. So A-B-R-I-T-D-I-F-F-I-C-U-L-T podcast. So the name of the podcast followed by the word podcast. I'll be posting the um, some random kind of updates and also letting people know when a new episode is out and taking questions and that kind of thing. So feel free to follow feel free to drop me a message there and uh, I hope to hear from you all soon. That's me for this episode. I'll be back in a week with a new episode.